Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. You're listening to the live stream on KUGR Facebook. I'm Walker. I'm in Pullman, a.k.a. P-Town, a.k.a. The Promised Land. Shout out to Matthew for that wonderful intro. I love it every time I use it. Today is not a topic-laden, heavy show. It's There are a ton of breaking news. We're going to have some more larger, big topics. <laughs> items we're going to talk about today but before I touch on the actual news that has happened for WSU and the Pac-12 I want to touch on some more soapboxy issues or some issues that have come up in the recent week in the recent week and there's there should be sound is there no longer any sound that's strange there should be sound um there's everything. It's registering sound on my end. I don't know what else there is to do. There's sound on my end. Is there... All right, I guess I'll just keep talking. If, if there's sound, let me know. I mean, I think there should be sound. I mean, I can hear sound when I listen to the, when I click on the, the listen button. But okay, so I guess we're going to operate under the assumption that there is sound. Is there is there sound? Yes. No. Okay. Um. Whatever. I guess we'll just work off the assumption there is sound. So I'm gonna start with some more. Um, I'm gonna work on. Okay. Now there is sound. Okay. Thank you. It's gonna be delayed. Whatever feedback you hear is delayed. So. Okay. So let's talk about NCA. The NCA. I am. If you listen to the show, you know I'm clearly not a fan of the NCAA. I think they're a very corrupt organization. I don't think they do their mission. They don't. I don't think they fulfill their mission statement to the fullest of their potential. So their whole idea is to promote college athletics, have it grow, all that good stuff. And they're a nonprofit organization. So what do I mean by that? Is they don't. They don't. It's a nonprofit, guys. Money is not the priority in the equation. So. The NCA had announced saying that they were not going to have broadcasters for the first two rounds of the first two rounds of the NCA tournament. They were just going to have an audio, a stream ESPN with no play-by-play, no analysts, just silence, which to me feels just stupid. Why would you not have analysts play-by-play if you want to grow like the NCAA should want to grow every sport and have a bigger audience for each sport, not just football and basketball. I get those are the money makers, but you do make more money if you have a bigger audience. So to not have announcers, like why would I watch volleyball without announcers? I don't know what's going on. And I would like an announcer to explain to me what is happening. So that, that was ridiculous. And they wrote, we are not required to have play by play. Well, that's great too. That's fantastic. You're also not required to make money off it, but you're still making money. You're not required to have sponsors, yet you have sponsors. Like, I, I don't know. It just I felt like a lame excuse. Well, we're not required to. Oh, great. I'm not required to go to some of my classes, but I still go to my classes. I'm not required to do my homework. I still do it. So I liken this situation back to the, the weight room in the tournament. I've already done a full rant on that. But it's very similar. There's a lot of inequities in the women's sports compared to the men's. And there was a rumor 
of which the volleyball players were going to have to warm up and then change into their uniforms in just this convention hall because they're all playing in a convention hall, which is an issue in and of itself. I'll get into that in a minute. But the NCAA said, there's no validity to that rumor. Um, I don't know, guys. It really feels like something you guys would do. Like, you have no room to – you have no leg to stand on. That's just a rumor. Well, your mother said I, – I don't know, man. I just find that hard to believe it. No, oh, the NCAA would have – they have too much integrity. I don't know, guys. You kind of just ignore every other sport that's not football or basketball. And I, and I get the money map aspect, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the NCAA just said, hey, go change in the – you should be lucky we're giving you something. You should feel grateful that we're willing to – allow you to have a March Madness. You got, you're still making money off of this to a degree. So it's happening in a convention center, which I guess the pandemic makes sense, but you could find a school and just use, there, there must be a place with multiple, maybe there are no volleyball gyms, but I, I don't know. It feels kind of lame. Like you're just having a bunch of, con- actually, I'm not going to harp on the convention center. I think that's whatever. But the fact that you had no broadcasters, I mean, I know two or three guys on KUGR, who would be happy to provide analysis of the volleyball games for free. So that, that was a lame excuse. We're not required to. Okay, anyway, let's move on. I think we've, I've expended all my energy for the volleyball rant. I don't think people actually care. I, I just thought it was a really lame excuse. We're not required to. Fa- fantastic, guys. Keep doing your best, you corrupt freaking organization. All right, so let's talk about name, image, and likeness. Now, People, when they hear name, image, and likeness, they think selfish athletes, what a bunch of jerks. Don't they know they get their, anyone would be happy to have, be in their situation, get a full ride to college? Well, sure. I would love a full ride to college. If I'm good at, if I'm, if I am good enough in my sport to earn and have the value of a full ride be worth it for the school, then I should get it. But why stop there? Like, it's, it's a very ignorant take. It is a truly ignorant take. Now, yes. Now, what is name, image, and likeness? Name, image, and likeness is it is the way for athletes to be able to earn money off of their name, images, and their likeness. It's very self-explanatory. So everyone knows the video game NCAA 14. One of the most popular video games, I would say, in recent years because it's been discontinued. You get to play as a, you, it is Madden, but for college teams. And they discontinued, and EA Sports had to discontinue the game because there was a lawsuit about players not making any money off of the game. Because, you know, they're not allowed to, and you're no longer an amateur if you earn some money. So, when, if you, so I am all in for paying the players. And I don't mean giving the player a salary, because I don't think that's how that is a sustainable method or model. I think you should allow, I'm using WSU model. So let's say, who is this? Max Borgie, a running back. Let's say Pups and Cups, the coffee shop says, hey, Max, we would love you to come down to our store and have an autograph session. We'll pay you $300 to generate word about our business and then people can meet you, take photos, do all that stuff. Max says, sure, I need a new pair of shoes. I'll go do that. No big deal. But he's not allowed to do that because he's no longer an amateur. And before, hold on, let's take a step back real quick. The origin of the word student athlete 
is literally built, was created in corrupt, being corrupt, the creator of the NCA formulated a way so he didn't have to pay his players. He knew they were working the same hours as any other regular employee, but he developed the term student athlete to avoid having to pay them, which is just a messed up situation in and of itself. So it's ridiculous to even have that argument. Like you, the NCA call gets high on his, goes on his high horse and says amazing things. Oh, we just want to grow the game. We want college athletes to have a chance to get a quality education and then play a sport at the highest level. Great. You know, 1% of the top 1% of athletes will go pro. 1% of 1%. That's not a lot of people. That's not a lot. It's a very small number. And really, the sports that make money that you can have a livable wage are football, baseball, and that's even if you make the pros in baseball, football, basketball, maybe hockey, but you don't have a lot of college players from the U.S. getting drafted. It's a lot of international players or out of high school. Well, you actually do have some college players. So I all believe you should pay the players with name, image, and likeness. The schools do not lose any money. This does not affect the school's bottom lines. They are safe, they are protected, and there is nothing wrong. The schools are totally in the clear. WSU can have Noah Williams earn some money on the side. Because what if something came up in Noah's family and he needs to send some money home? Who knows? Like, there's plenty of reasons why people need extra money in cash in college. Like, there are tons of things that come up. So... That's not an issue. The school doesn't lose any money. It's totally a legit organization. It's just, and then fans can have NCAA football back. Like, there's so many benefits to this, guys. So many. You can also attract more people. You're not going to have some of the top players leaving college, as we saw this year, to go take these little weird offshoot pro leagues where you get paid a ton of money. You can have players come into college, which will help you guys. You can get some more of the top players who aren't going to be one and dones. You say, hey, I'll take 500 grand for one year of basketball instead of going to college. Instead, they could come here and go, hey, I, I wanted to go to Duke. I wanted to play for Duke for a year, but now I can earn money with the Cameron Crazies. It's no big deal. And I've heard another thing. You're not considered a student if you get paid. That's ridiculous. I'm a student. If I see DJ Rodman or heck, I, I don't know, Remy Kemp on the rowing team earning money because someone wants to take a photo with them or sign an autograph, I'm not going to go, wow, those guys, those aren't students. And let me tell you, if I see them in Beasley, I'm going to boo them. I'm going to harass them because they are ruining my life because they, they want some money. No, it's stupid. There's no reason for that argument. If you're in WSU, you can get paid to be a tutor in the writing center. Oh, wait. You're still a student. And you can also, by the way, be on a full ride, which is what not every basketball player has. But let's say I'm on a full ride to WSU for my academics, but I'm not in the best financial situation. So I need to, in addition, take on a job. I go to the writing center. That's legit. Or if I'm having the ability, I can start a business and generate a profit. But no, basketball, football players, they're not allowed to. Why? Because the NCAA is corrupt and they don't see the 
Like, you don't lose any money. The schools, the NCAA, don't lose any money. It's just people stuck in their ways saying athletes are being selfish. They're not. These are their prime earning years, and very few of them will be able to make money post-school off their playing careers. So I, I just it bothers me when people say you're not a real student. Great, dude, you're probably not even in college. So you're just some Oklahoma fan. You're just some Notre Dame fan. Like, come on, guys. You're telling me you would seriously stop watching if the players were able to make money off of their image and likeness, who they are as a person, instead of just, so you're more mad that the players are profiting more than EA Sports is profiting? Okay, yeah, that makes a ton of sense, guys. Good job. Uh-huh. Right, let's talk about some, some WSU news. So the biggest news in the WSU sporting community is baseball. WSU had his first Pac-12 road win, series win since 2017, taking three of four against Utah, and we'll be playing Gonzaga and Arizona next in Pullman. So, first of all, that stat is shocking. Like there is a level of a certain level of ineptitude and failure that riddles a program when that is breaking news. We run a road game in our conference. We run a road series. Now, I get there are a lot of games in baseball. I totally get that. But that's a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Oh, my, oh, my. There were two or three players from that roster still available. on the, There's still two or three people from that team on the roster. So that's, that's just unbelievable. And it shows the growth, I guess you would say, from Brian Green, who is now 16 and 11. Now, I, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but that's still the bottom half of the Pac-12, guys. But we could, we are, the, we, got, we can move into the top half easily because only three games, we're only separated by three games in the win column. And we're actually ahead of most people. Or, see, the phrasing of this is always strange. Ahead or behind? What's the phrasing? In the loss column. So we have less, we have less losses. Ooh, say that five times fast. Less losses, less losses. Then. Can't say it. Than a lot of other teams, but they have more wins. So it's, it's just difficult season. So whatever happens this year is a fantastic season. I mean, a great season because our record in wins is like 16 over the Marty Lee's era, which has been the last four years before Brian Green. So the last six years, the high bar is 16 wins, I believe. That's not great. So whatever happens, it's a good year. Will we go to Omaha? Probably not because our pitching staff has been getting beat up. I mean, Zane Mills, our star ace, who will be probably the first round draft, uh, the first top five, top, the first player since Adam Conley of the Marlins, who went to WSU, to be selected in the first five rounds of the MLB draft. To actually, he's just been getting slacked around, just beat up, and they're just unearned runs. Like the, the defense is not stepping up to help him. Now, I haven't watched every game because there are a lot of games and they're on at really weird times. So I haven't been able to just sit down and fully absorb them and take notes because, you know, we can't call any of the games for some reason because no fans, right? Because it's all outdoors and you can literally have three seats in between people. There aren't, there are a lot of people there who are allowed to go, but there's not a ton. You can do it safely. So this is because of the freshman and Kyle Manzardo. Kyle Manzardo 
preseason All-American, is so good at baseball. The first baseman just hits dingers all day long, and I love it. And because we have all these freshmen, the program is set up for success for years to come. We have freshmen stepping in. Um, Keith Jones, really good infielder for us, or outfielder. We have Kyle Russell, great infielder as well. So there's tons of reasons to be happy and excited for this baseball team, which in probably a couple of years can be back to Omaha, the playoffs. So let's talk about WSU and the transfer effect. So WSU has taken in three more transfers. Matt DeWolf from Brown University. Mike Flowers, Southern Alabama. I'll get it to him in a minute. He just committed here this weekend. And Ty Roberts, guard from UCSD, University of San Diego. Woo, woo. So we are bringing in a lot of high-scoring guards. I mean, a lot of high-scoring guards. So because of this transfer effect and the success, I would say, fairly safe to say the success of the Pac-12 in the NCAA tournament. Our rankings in Ken Palm, the ultimate Bible of college sports, not Bible, but the Holy Grail, the guide for college basketball rankings has moved our rank upwards. We went from 100 to 80 following the Pac-12 success. Then, wait, there's more. Let me tell you, we have jumped up to the 50th position in Ken Palm, which is unbelievable because 64 teams make it to March Madness, and it's, it's boding well if our preseason ranking is super high. It sticks in the back of people's minds. Well, these teams were projected to be good, and if they play well, then people like it. People go, oh, they're, they're supposed to be good, so let's give it to them. Just like, let's say, in the NBA draft when – if Cade Cunningham had fallen flat on his face and done absolutely nothing in college, he still would have been a top three pick because of the preseason hype. Like RJ Barrett was the consensus number one overall player heading into that draft class. He kind of flopped in Duke and now it was a third, he fell to the third overall pick, not a real drop off. Like, Oh, oh no, you're the third overall pick. Well, he went to the Knicks. So that sucks, but that's fine. So Mike Flowers from Southern Alabama, the fourth leading scorer in the country, averaging 21 points per game, scoring guard, has transferred in, which is very exciting. It's one of the reasons why we were bumped up to top 50. Now, if you're looking to figure out what he's like, well, he's like, uh, he's like Isaac Bonton, but with more control. That's what I've heard. So we are basically just adding scoring guards. Why do I say that? I've only mentioned two guards. Well, Jefferson Koulibaly, a recruit from Canada put up 27 points per game in Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. And he was out all last year with an arm injury. Never saw the, saw the court. So he's basically a new recruit. Ty Roberts put up 19 to 20 points per game. All American at University of San Diego. Mike Flowers, 21. So scoring, clearly not an issue for us. Now for me, it's the defense and turnovers. We were horrendous in turnovers. Turnovers killed us. I don't think we had a single a single game with single-digit turnovers. It was bad. Now, if we cut down on turnovers and we improve our defense, which those are supposed to just come along with the idea of nerd ball and being successful under Kyle Smith. 
if we cut down on those, I think we can jump up five or six wins and contend for a playoff spot. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Gesundheit. So, with that being said, these new players and improving the defense, which is expected because that's Kyle Smith's system, we should be able to move into the playoffs and be a real threat to make it to March Madness. Will we win the games in March Madness? Who knows? But we saw UCLA do it, so we can. I mean, that's what Nerdball is supposed to do. Now, just a side note, the recruiting freeze will be over in June 1st, which means we no longer have to have Zoom or FaceTime recruiting sessions. Recruits can come to Pullman, check it out, breathe in the, metro- the sprawling metropolis, which is the Palouse, or even check out the great sites in Moscow, home of the Vandals, Joe Vandals. You know Joe Vandal. That is the name of the Moscow, of the University of Idaho. I actually really like that. Joe Vandal, what it do. So that's great. Pullman does help sell itself. It's all about WSU. I, I think you I think you listen to it. I think Pullman, when Pullman comes a calling, you pick up the phone. That didn't make a lot of sense. I'm sorry. All right. Let's get into the juicy news. The stuff you all came here for. We have some turnover in Tucson. Sean Miller, gone. He's been canned. Sean Miller, head coach of the Wildcats since 2009. Mainstay in Tucson. Led the Wildcats to seven NCAA tournament berths, three Elite Eight appearances, and has won at least a share of five Pac-12 championships in his time in the desert. Well, he's actually a really good coach if you take away the cheating. He is part of the is part of the 2017 federal investigation with former assistant coach Emmanuel Book Richardson, where he pleaded he pled guilty to one felony count of conspiracy to kit, commit bribery, which is it's being accused of accepting $12,000 to steer University of Arizona players to aspiring sports agent Chris Dawkins. During the Dawkins trial, prosecutors intercepted an FBI call with Richardson and Dawkins saying Miller was paying DeAndre Ayton $10,000 a month to go to U- University of Arizona. Let's just take a look at DeAndre Ayton. Let's look at his recruiting profile. One of the top players in the country, if not the recruiting player. He okay. So he went to school in Arizona, Hillcrest Pep, where my friend Maya, my friend Miles went. So it's not absurd to think that he would go to U of A, but he did have answers. He did have offers from Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, a lot of teams. Well, let's see what else. Did we offer him? Who knows. Maryland, San Diego State, New Mexico. Wow, New Mexico really, really going in trying to swipe up DeAndre. And it would have been awesome if New Mexico got DeAndre. That would have just been such a, a wrench in the mud. I mean, that would have been ridiculous. Overpowered New Mexico. But no, I, I don't doubt. I actually think they, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I, I think colleges pay players. I've just believed that. I mean, there's, they don't tie direct evidence, but there are just certain sports rumors you, you just believe. Like you believe, I, I believe that coaches pay players. I truly do. 
I don't think the head coach pays players. I think that's why they go through the assistants. So Sean Miller has a 730 winning percentage. That's really freaking good, man. That is really good. So he's probably out of college basketball for a fair amount of time. He'll most likely sign on with an NBA team. Oh, I'm glad you believe me too with the uh, paying players. It's very corrupt. He'll likely be an NBA assistant. Maybe not this year, this season, because it's almost over. It's over halfway through. So if you're Arizona, what do you do? Who do you call? You call Steve Kerr. What? Not, not to see if he'll take the job because he's not leaving the Warriors. Not a shot. You call him for advice. This is a top 15 job in the country. You can argue it. And then there's also the caveat with sanctions, but that are going to come down from this investigation. They had a self-imposed ban. Something else might come down on Arizona. Who knows? So there is that caveat. But this is still a very, very great job. This is a top job in the country. Arizona powerhouse in the Pac-12. So I say you keep it with, keep it in the U of A family because of all the sanctions. You're going to want someone who's dedicated, wants to rebuild it in a clean way, not to get the name of their proud university tarnished. In the early go of this, the popular name was Josh Pastor. He was a guard for four years at U of A. Wasn't, didn't put up any spectacular numbers, actually just one point per game. He's been very successful as a head coach of Memphis. And now most recently he's been, he's at Georgia Tech, he took the Hornets, the Georgia Tech Hornets, home of Giants catcher Joey Bosa to the NCAA tournament, lost in the first round to the, the Seminoles, right? Yeah. The Seminoles. I mean, it's unlikely he's leaving Georgia Tech because they're trying to sign him to a, the rumor is he'll be signed to a two-year deal in he'll two-year extension. Once again, contract extensions don't mean anything in college basketball or football. If you want a coach, you can buy out their contract. We signed the Leach to a four-year deal or something, and then Mississippi State just bought him out. Congrats, Mike Leach. Could have been a legend in Pullman. Now you're stuck in Starksville for two years, living in, just soaking up mediocrity. Now, the odds-on favorite by Vegas right now, best odds, is Damon Stoudemire, one of the greatest players in school history. Fantastic. Current head coach at Pacific University. Spent five years in Stockton, California. Birthplace of one of the only pitchers to throw a perfect game, Dallas Braden, and host of the 39 podcast, the top baseball podcast in the country, in the in just iTunes. So they gave him a two-year contract bump. So look, if you're Damon, do you leave Pacific? Uh, yeah, you do. You leave Arizona. Arizona comes a calling. You get on that first flight out of Stockton. You head down to Arizona. You go, boom, I'm here. I'm leaving the WCC. I'm going to the Pac-12, and I'll be paid a buttload of money to coach my alma mater. Yes, there are. There are sanctions. It's going to be tough. But I think alumni can do it. You have, there's a great, Sean Miller has a great bench staff. Jason Terry, really good guard, won a national championship. Very successful, long NBA career is there. You take him with you. He's, there are a bunch of good coaches there who develop players. You just take him. There's another far out candidate, Luke Walton. 
coach of the Lakers and now Kings. I think he is going to get canned at the end of this season. During his six years, his, his five other years as a head coach, he's under 500. He makes $6 million, which I don't think that should scare away Arizona at all. If you get a big name alumni, he has said repeatedly he's not going to leave the NBA. Look, dude, you're going to get fired after the end of this season. You'll have a lot less, you'll have a lot more longevity in Arizona. So you either become a legend in Tucson again, continue being a legend if you lead your team to victory, you stay there, you have job security for life, or you bounce and get a new job in the NBA. Because you've bombed every other job. I'm sorry. Don't quote the Warriors years when he went 34 and 9 while filling in for Steve Kerr. Yeah, you had Clay, Draymond, Steph, Damian Lee. David Lee, you had every good player of the Warriors when they went, then when they won 72 and 10. So no, that's not, that doesn't count. I can coach that team to freaking 30 wins if I needed to. That would have been easy. Like it's not hard to, to coach the 2016 Warriors to 30 wins. If you know anything about basketball, I think you can do it. It's not, you had the MVP, you had the best, one of the top, you had two of the top defenders in the league, and you could score at will. So the $16 million is a lot of cash. Not a lot of coaches make that money in the, in college. U of A can match that, pay him whatever he wants. This is a top 15 job, obviously, with the facilities. And the hard streams and salt is a powerful force sometimes. But you have to remember, college basketball is a very different game when it comes to recruiting. Re-recruiting players, recruiting them after a season, it's just very difficult. It's not as easy compared to the NBA. I mean, you can pay players legal in the NBA, but you can't in college. But the ultimate, I think the best option right now for U of A is to go down to Arkansas and you offer him, Eric Musselman, head coach, whatever he wants. Open up the purse. He makes $2.5 million, very incentive-heavy, incentive-laden. So he makes more money, but it's based on incentives. Arkansas is in the SEC. They're a, with Musselman. They're now going to be a perennial all-star team. Not all-star team. Sorry, they're going to be a perennial tournament team in contention to make the tournament each year. You pay him whatever he wants, man. You get Eric Musselman, you're bringing Arizona to the top 10 team every single year. They get good recruits, good transfers, and they're going to have a bunch of lottery picks in the next couple of years, which entice one-and-done players. And Arizona needs to get back to being a one-and-done school. Now, you can argue whether Arkansas or Arizona is better. Historically, Arizona by a mile. I think you actually have to give it to Arizona being a better school. It would be a step up. You can argue. You can argue either way. But if Arizona can wrangle them some musclemen, I would do it in a heartbeat. Zero questions asked. That is your guy if you get him. That is success. Arizona will be good for years. Look, if they get most of these play, these coaches, they'll they'll get it. I mean, I think they'll ultimately end up landing on Damon, Damon Stoudemire, but that's a good one. Let's talk about now we're actually, excuse me, we're on our last topic of the day. I'm sorry. I just, my voice is not going to last much longer. So, I mean, it doesn't sound bad, but it's definitely starting to, bother me to talk. So let's talk about the scrimmage. 
the thing that stands out to me is the ineptitude in the quarterback room. Three interceptions. Every quarterback except Garrett Garantano had an interception. Uh, our wide receivers, we could have a ton of different wide receivers step up. We could have Donovan Ali, who's been projected as a first-teamer. Drake Owens, a walk-on from Central Washington. Go Cats. Uh, I'm still surprised Cam Cooper is honestly here. And some of my projections, Borgie's got to pop off. I think Garrett Garantano will win the starting job. I think he is an SEC transfer. I don't think he is an SEC transfer. Tennessee, Tennessee fans give him a lot of hate, but Tennessee fans look for literally anything to justify why their once proud program is a laughing stock, if we're being real. I mean, just a total disgrace. But they're looking for any reason to ditch their program. So. Projections, Garrett Garantano went eight for eight, 115 yards, no touchdowns, no quarterback to a touchdown. But he threw the ball well. He looks good. Drake Owens possibly steps up. And then obviously Max Borgie is going to have to be fantastic, do whatever he does best, which is just run the ball down his throat. It still makes no sense to me why he came to this school. It was an air raid system. He wasn't going to get a lot of touches with Leach. He'll get more touches with Rolovich. But we need him to step up. So I'm sorry, guys. I, I don't really have it left in me. My voice is going out. So that is the end of the show today. Go Cougs. Remember, be a good sport always and be a good sport always. Till next Monday, adios, amigos.